0: Boyd Matheson divides Rage from Reason on Inside Sources. Well, in the Rage and Reason Department today, the Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments in a case that could strip online companies of critical liability protections. At the center of today's case, Gonzalez versus Google, is Section 230. We've talked about that a lot on this program. So what's really at stake here? What are the arguments for and against? In which way are the justices leaning based on some of the questions and statements they made at the Supreme Court today? To help us break all of that down, Jonathan Cannon is a policy counsel in technology and innovation at our friends over at the R Street Institute. And he joins us on the line. Jonathan, thanks for jumping on with us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for having the discussion today. I guess we couldn't be more timely if we tried, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's jump right in. Give us just first just a real quick snapshot for our listeners who haven't been following this as closely. What is hundred and thirty Section 230, and what does it mean in this particular case?
1: Yeah, so Section 230 is a law from the 90s that basically says that uh, content that is posted online is – Uh, you know, when challenged or, you know, breaks another law, uh, is the responsibility of the person who posted that content, not the website or platform that hosts that content. So a third party shouldn't be made or held to be liable um, for the speech of the users of that service. So that ties into the case. Um, And if you like, I can give just a quick background of uh, the facts that have kind of got us to this point.
0: Yes, please. Uh, Walk us through where we are in terms of this Gonzalez versus Google.
1: Yeah, so it's, unfortunately, it's a horrifically tragic case. So back in 2015, uh, Naomi Gonzalez was a, an American student studying abroad in Paris uh, and was ruthlessly murdered by an ISIS terrorist attack. Um, now, you're probably wondering what that has to do with Google. Um, but basically, after the uh, terrorists were arrested and convicted, um, the family decided to Go after YouTube, citing that YouTube's algorithm uh, was, in a way, responsible for um, at least aiding and abetting under the Anti-Terrorism Act uh, for essentially providing content um, that helped you know, lead to the uh, attack. So the question that reached the court was whether or not the algorithm um, of the platforms that you know give users. Uh, recommendations, um, you know, is something that would be subject to uh, this statute, or whether they could be liable for the conduct of users, you know, submitting those videos.
0: Uh, it's so fascinating. So let's go inside the courtroom today uh, and see what, what did we hear? What did we learn? Uh, I've been looking at some of the quotes from some of the justices uh, as you watched it from your unique vantage point there. And I know with some of your other colleagues at R Street, uh, I'm sure that was a fascinating conversation. I would have liked to have been the fly on the wall for your analysis of what was taking place. Uh, but give us some perspective. What did we hear and uh, what does it tell us?
1: I mean, to me, the the, the best uh, a point I think was made by Kagan that, Oh, when she turned around and said, you know, we're not the nine best experts on the internet. Um, and I, I think that says everything about kind of what's going on here is, mm-hmm. you know, these are nine brilliant legal minds who really have a sharp understanding uh, for what the law is. But in terms of the world of the internet and how these platforms go about their content moderation standard, it's just a whole different ballgame. Um, and the court really teased out a number of different, ways to kind of look at um, section 230 and how these platforms uh, go about creating their algorithms to show users the content that they're looking for um, and how it all kind of plays out as to whether or not there could be. Um, One thing that came across uh, to all of us was the um, council for the um, victim's family did not articulate in a convincing way the case. And when the judges seem to give, you know, softballs or ways to help to her argument, uh, you know, he kind of put his foot in his mouth. Now, that doesn't mean anything in terms of the end result of the case. You, you never know what the court is uh, going to do. And, you know, you can try and read the tea leaves. But sometimes I feel like the judges really love to ask questions to, you know, kind of tease out their understanding or try and twist their understanding. So it's really hard to gauge which way they're going to go. A gun in the face. Then
0: all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
1: Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela.
0: They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. Yeah, it did seem like one of the things that uh, came across from uh, across the board in terms of the justices was uh, the fact that uh, depending on how this plays out, it could really just bring lawsuit after lawsuit. I think it was uh, Justice Kavanaugh who said it will be nonstop lawsuits uh, if uh, if they don't handle this thing quite right. Uh, explain that for us
1: a little. Yeah. So, um, you know, going back to other conversations I know you have had with, uh, you know, my colleagues at R Street and others. Um, Section two thirty really is that protection and shield for these platforms to not be held, you know, liable for the content that its users post. So if the court here chooses to narrow the interpretation of what type of content, it, um, you know, can be or can't be policed, it could theoretically open the floodgates to litigation where anyone, uh, even beyond the scope of just the anti-terrorism statute, um, any, you know defamation or other type cases, both at the state and federal level, could, you know, utilize the decision from this case as justification to, I guess, pierce the Section 230 shield to go after these platforms. Uh,
0: and I think that's so interesting. And and uh, I thought uh, one of the quotes uh, from uh, Justice uh, Sotomayor was also kind of instructing. She was talking about the, the algorithm. Uh, and, of course, the algorithm Ends up producing what we see on our screens, which is why my computer is currently filled with pickleball paddles uh, because, <laughs> because my wife needs a new one. And so I've got those coming out of everywhere and articles and videos and all of that serving up. But the question uh, Justice Sotomayor phrased was, where do you go from a, a neutral algorithm you know, serving up uh, what people are looking for to aiding and abetting? Uh, that seems to be part of the crux of, of how this thing might move forward.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's a question, you know, that the court is trying to consider. I mean, the, the one thing with algorithms is by definition, um, you know, they're not completely neutral, and that's by design. Right. I mean, as you said, when you're looking for pickleball rackets, the algorithm is going to give you the pickleball rackets because that's what you're looking for. And now, because I've said that, I feel like I'm going to get nothing but pickleball ads uh, for the rest of the week. So thank you for that. <laughs> rest of my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I do think it's really interesting to kind of see how um you know how they look at the algorithms. is the algorithms is how the internet functions i mean the entire user experience depends on these algorithms to curate content to give us a usable experience when you search for something on google you want that algorithm to give you the answer you're looking for uh an absent algorithm it's going to be an absolute mess of an experience um and i think the court recognizes and knows that too
0: yeah, absolutely. Anything else just real quickly as we wrap up, uh, anything else that you're watching for as this continues to progress?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I ultimately I think this is a question for Congress to decide. I mean, the court's job is to, you know, turn around and say what the law does or doesn't say. And they can attempt to narrow it, but ultimately if there are concerns with uh the first amendment and, you know, section 230, that's a legislative question, not a question for uh, nine judges.
0: Uh Thank you for landing on that. <laughs> we we regularly call on Congress to actually do their job and uh, not have the court do it for them. And it is the job of Congress uh, to actually get in and do that. Uh, Jonathan Cannon, a Policy Counsel in Technology and Innovation at the R Street Institute. Jonathan, really appreciate your perspective on a really important case on a really important day at the Supreme Court. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you again for having me. It's great speaking with you.
0: All right, again that's Jonathan Cannon from the R Street Institute, and we've obviously talked a lot about this in terms of these protections for platforms, and what does that mean, and what gets served up, and where's intent, uh, where is uh, just one of their users, you know, putting up content, where does that responsibility and and liability fall? Uh, it's a very complicated thing, but I think one of the most important things was the very last thing that Jonathan said, and that is, it is a job for Congress to do. Uh, the courts can judge on. The narrowness or, or how broad the law is, uh, but it's not their job to write it or to fix it. That's Congress's job. Uh, and uh, unless we get to that point, we're going to keep having these kind of arguments, these kinds of cases uh, that ultimately end up keep us keep us keeping us kind of uh, whacking at the branches instead of getting to the root. The root is always found when Congress does its job properly, then the court can play their role in the strongest and most powerful way. All right, that wraps up Hour Number One of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Don't go anywhere. Barbara Brown Taylor is going to join us next. We're going to talk about holy envy and what you learn about God through others' faith. You do not want to miss this. Stick around. We'll be right back after Top of the Hour news. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news.